Hello, welcome back to Why Did Peter Sink? Today we have a shorter episode. It's called The Pearl. And when you find unexpectedly what you are seeking. So in some of the shortest parables, Jesus delivers the deepest messages regarding faith and meaning to believers and seekers. So if we take, for instance, the parable of the merchant and the pearl, where in two sentences, Jesus explains the priceless reward we receive through him. The merchant, having found this one pearl, sells all that he owns to have it because nothing else, nothing in this world, even comes close to the value of it. The pearl is like what many of the saints find when they realize the reward and consolation that Jesus grants us through his death and resurrection. St. Augustine said, Our hearts are restless until they rest in thee. Thomas Aquinas said, God alone satisfies. And Teresa of Avila said, God alone is enough. So repeatedly, we see this peace settle onto those with faith. They undergo drastic change by their belief in God. And this is not the superficial change that comes from other pursuits like money or vanity. This is true change. With faith comes a gift of joy, but the world wants to suppress it and smother it, and especially just bury it in media nowadays. So if faith isn't giving me joy, then I may not be understanding it correctly. Those that profess their peace in Christ will have their joy tested daily because just as his life and teachings threaten the Roman order, so does it threaten the modern empire of the self um, and, and just the way we live, especially in America. So those who worship the self find Christian faith perhaps childish or openly laugh at it, or they find that it's just kind of a private sideshow hobby, like woodworking or playing video games. And I certainly did when I was fallen away. I mocked the faithful while I was fallen away uh, from belief. I, I crowned Jesus with thorns repeatedly. That's why that mystery of the rosary is always one of the most interesting to me because the crowning with thorns as the Romans crown and mock Jesus, how many times did I do that? A hundred more? I don't know. Um, but once you are turned and you understand who Jesus was, um, Christians can actually celebrate being mocked. And Jesus said that. This is the crazy thing. It's the one thing that can be when you, if you are being mocked for it, then you are probably being sanctified. So it's perfectly fine to be laughed at for your faith. Um, and it's almost an achievement in itself, because Jesus said in Mark 13, you will be hated by all because of my name, but the one who perseveres to the end will be saved. So I should not be deterred by any mockery if I'm the weird one for talking about Jesus, if I'm the weird one that has faith, uh, because I really don't need others' approval. In fact, that was always one of the problems, um, and it is if you look at every bit of social media, it's just people screaming for approval, lonely souls wanting approval. Please tell me I'm okay. Once you find Jesus, you know you are. You don't have to think about it anymore. The only approval you need to consider is God's. So for me, I must return daily to, the, to my faith like a child. And if I recall how I lost my faith in the first place, it was because I grew cynical in adolescent, adolescence and skeptical in early adulthood, and ultimately meaninglessness uh, took over depression. I thought there were no more mysteries in life, that everything had an answer, 
um, science had all the answers and science has many answers, but not the answer. Um, I thought of there was no God except for the watchmaker variety. But having regained my faith, I don't want to lose it again. I do not want to lose it again. What I realize now is that my faith as a child made more logical sense than my doubt in adulthood. Uh, from Matthew chapter 18, Jesus said, Amen, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles, humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So when people smirk at these words or openly jeer belief, uh, this is actually a time to be glad if you do believe, because that alone is a clear indication that I'm oriented in the right direction toward God to endure whatever comes, be it mockery, condescension, indifference, opposition, or even violence. Can I remain humble and peaceful? Can I keep the faith like a child? Can I stay on the path? Can I stay on the beam? The reward of eternal life through Jesus' death and resurrection cancels any earthly insult. Nothing else on offer in this world can fulfill my heart and soul in the same manner. And I've already tried all of the other options, and they all disappoint in the end. They come up short. And why is that? Why is that? Why do those goals always disappoint? It's because they are not God, which is what I was really hungering for. It's what we were made for. It's what our proper end is. So when your proper end is set to the right destination, you will be on the right path. You won't be hungry anymore for anything but that. So I don't read the gospel daily and feel the emotion of Christ in the words um, every day, but I should. Um, I, I don't always put myself into the scene of his works, but I need to start or continue doing that more. And then I can ask myself, how would I act in those trials and struggles? Would I fold up like a chair or crumble like a cookie? Um, can I hear the people around me mocking? Can you imagine Jesus in the crowning of thorns situation and all the mockery, all of that through his passion? Um, do I sense the tension, the struggle, the pain in the words and actions? Um, you know, would I be among the crowd around Jesus um, sh or shaking my head at them or trying to stop them? Who would I be in those scenes? It's a great exercise to put yourself into the scenes of the passion as a observer and say, what would you be doing? Because you're actually doing it right now in your life. You're actually doing that. If you're rejecting God now, you would be rejecting Jesus in the passion. We can all sit there and read the gospel and say, well, I wouldn't have been in the crowd yelling, crucify him. But there, there's a very, very good chance that every single one of us would have been because everyone was, and those people were no different than us. So I often find confusion in the readings. Um, I used to give up and assume it was uh, fairy tales, you know, but now I know I must speak to other believers about it, people more wise than myself, and especially read the writings from the early church as well. Every rebuttal, every question that I can think of has already been asked, pondered, argued, even fought over. So ask, seek, and knock. If I shudder my mind when I come up against something difficult, then I have despaired and turned away. So when I'm confused, that is precisely the time to discuss the words with other people of faith. 
I need to find real people to talk to about it and avoid the online comment pit traps of conversation on social media. There is little or nothing to learn on social media. I'm not sure how many people are fully aware of that. I think, I think it's growing. Uh, more and more people are realizing that every bit of social media is a, um, a cesspool and you have to get off it. So find real people with, with faith because iron sharpens iron. And far wiser people than myself or just about anyone we know have gone over these words and remained solid in their faith. So Jesus and his teachings are what my soul wants and hungers for and needs. I am the merchant and Jesus is the pearl. If I return to my treasure daily as the saints did and read deeply and spend time with others who believe and yearn for the spirit of Christ, he will guide my day and ultimately my life. And we will prove true what St. Thomas Aquinas says, God alone satisfies. Thanks for listening, everyone.